So, I was scheduled to preach this morning. And as I went through the week, I had ideas, but I don't know. God, what do you want to do? But I've learned that as you wait, um, he, sooner or later, he drops something in. Now, I prefer he does it sooner than later, but then there's how he does things, <laughs> right? Well, uh, I think it was Thursday evening, Wednesday morning, that's right. <laughs> Wednesday morning, my wife comes to me on the verge of tears and says, I think I'm supposed to preach this week. And she says that she's supposed to preach on the power of the I am. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. Um, because she just got done last week um, talking about the language of heaven and the name Yahweh. And, and it was just a really good word. I encourage you, if you didn't get a chance, if you weren't here, to go back and listen or even to re-listen. Um, I'll re-listen to words or teachings. There's one right now that I just heard for the first time by Bill Johnson that I'm thinking, oh, I need to listen to that like five more times because there's so much to unpack. Um, but at any rate, so so this is kind of part two. And um, the interesting thing is, so we, we discussed it and we felt like we were supposed to do this together. And craziest thing, I have this dream Thursday night and God just lays out in dream form the, the things I'm supposed to hit on. The power of the I am. It was really pretty cool. And I'm going to share some of that with you at the appropriate time here. But um, if you haven't had the privilege to to know my wife, um, there's such a depth and a richness. And, and God just keeps doing this with her. He just draws her. And then things come out of her mouth that that challenge all of us and and then God says yeah, well, what about you and then he just he draws her even higher and it's kind of fun to watch um, it's actually very fun to watch you know um, but so I don't know exactly what's coming out of her mouth and I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth precisely this morning though I have some notes um, but I want you to welcome her because uh, I really look forward to this word and, and seeing what God does with it. And, for that matter, even with each of you. So, please welcome my wife, Michelle. Pastor Michelle. So, yeah, it was crazy. When Pastor Fred talks about, um, you know, how God speaks one thing from you, you know, to challenge somebody else. And then when it comes back on you, you're just like, oh, God, why did I say that? Because <laughs> um, I told Pastor Fred this morning before we came over, he said, it's one thing for me to say to you that, you know, just open your mouth and God will fill it. That's one of the prophets. It's, I don't know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, one of those dudes. Um, you know, where it, he basically says, open your mouth and God will fill it. So, you know, I know I've said that to Pastor Fred over the last week or so. And he found that to be encouraging. And so, of course, what did he say to me this morning? Because <laughs> I'm like, I got nothing. I got nothing but a title. And he's like, uh, open your mouth and he will fill it. And I was like, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. <laughs> I like it's not fair. Sounds really good when I say it to you, but anyway. So before we get started, uh, towards the end of this word, I'm going to be asking for testimonies. Testimonies of God's faithfulness in your life, testimonies of miracles that you've experienced recently or in the past, and I'm giving you forewarning so you can think about it. Okay? It's not an expectation, but I want you to listen to Holy Spirit and what He has to say. 
All right? So. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence, God. And for your great love, Lord, and all that you've done for us and all that you're continuing to do in our lives. And everything that you're pouring out, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we want it all. We want it all. And so I pray, Father, as we pursue this word this morning, as we pursue you, the I am, that everything, every last detail that you want us to get from this, it will be done. We open our minds, we open our hearts to you, Jesus. We say, have your way. And in it all, may you be glorified. And as we stand before you, we know that you will be faithful to fill our mouths as we will open them in the name of Jesus. Amen. So just a a quick summary from last week. So I talked about the I am. That's I am in Hebrew. And that came, the scripture where God said his name, when he revealed his name to his people, to Moses, was in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And Moses is having that burning bush experience where the bush is on fire, but it's not really on fire. Like it's not turning to ash or anything. And Moses is crying out or wondering, you know, God said, you're going to be a deliverer. And Moses is like, I don't know how that's going to work. What are the people going to say? Because I was raised in Egypt. And so in Exodus 3.14, God replied to Moses and says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the name of your ancestors, or the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. And so I went on and I and I shared with you this devotional from um Jonathan Kahn, it's the Book of Mysteries. And in this uh, devotion that I read to you, he explores the meaning of a I am. And the Hebrew letters of the Yud, the He, the Vav, and the He. The Yud is what we would known as Y. The He is H. The Vav is V. And then another H. I am is the sacred name of God, and when we speak of ourselves, we say his name. That our existence flows from his existence, and we are not unless he is. And don't you know that the mean, the, the, the moment that you preach about something, you get tested in it. So what I'm encouraging you all to do I need to apply to myself. And there have been several times this week that I've had some insecurities, some doubts, some fears about certain things that at one point, you know, I wasn't necessarily expecting. But let me just say this. God has a way of using the body of Christ to be an encouragement to you. He has a way of bringing things into your life that says, you know what? You're hearing from me. So I want to, I, I thank everybody from the bottom of their hearts, or my, my heart, bottom of yours too. I'll speak for you. But um, when I say that it, it really means a lot when you guys give us feedback as, as preachers. Because we want to know that if what, what we're hearing is striking a chord with you. Because often, you know, as we are being fed, we are sharing with you what's feeding us. 
But sometimes, you know, there are certain areas where we're being tested. And so you get to share in that journey too. And so I was uh, struggling at different times over the week thinking, you know, the word that I gave last week was kind of heavy and kind of had head head knowledge ish <laughs> It was outside of what I usually kind of go to in terms of preaching. Let's say that much. Which what doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but when God brings in, you know, asks you to kind of uh, go a different direction that you're not really comfortable with, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know how that went. And um, so wouldn't you know that God was was understanding that he knew what I was feeling like off and on at different times last week? And he wanted to affirm to me that what I was doing, that what I was hearing was right. And he did that on Friday night when we were at the chosen Christmas special. There was music. There was there was uh, the short film on and Mary and Joseph's uh, journey to Bethlehem, and then interwoven between the chosen special, there were monologues on the names of God. And one of the monologues specifically went into the letters of his name. And I am sitting there in the theater and I'm like, (laughs) I'm like weeping because I'm like, oh God, I hurt you. It's just like him. Like this chosen Christmas special was probably made months ago. And it was just like him. For me to be there at that moment in time, for him to confirm to me that I heard him. And that he sees me. The monologue went specifically and said the exact same letters. And I was like, oh, you are so good. You are so good. He knew that I needed to hear that. He knew every detail. And so I, that's part of my testimony, at least for this moment, is that he knows every detail of your life. And he orchestrates it. For you, for your good, but for you to see him working in it. And it's, it's a testimony of, of his sovereignty. But it's not anything that we as people on the earth could ever plan. There's no way I could have planned or even anticipated that that moment in time that that monologue was coming forth. And I was like, Thank you, Jesus. That was my kiss from heaven. So as Pastor Fred was sharing with you earlier, he gave me the the, this, the name of the title for today, The Power of the I Am. And since Wednesday, I've had a lot of thoughts go through my head. And often I'm the type to want to like, lay it all out, you know, I want to say this, and I'm going to say this. If you look at my notes, step one is always to pray. That's a good reminder. And we're sitting on the couch last night, and I go, you got to pray for me because I got nothing. (laughs) And Pastor Fred says, I totally know how you feel. I got it. I laughed. Yeah, he did laugh. (laughs) because it's usually a role reversal yes she's heard those words often even on a Saturday night at 10.30 at night I got nothing and so what's what I, I stand here before you this morning in my opinion still got still having nothing but he's got something 
And he wants to use the both of us to share with you the testimony of what's supposed to be this morning. So often I rely upon my thoughts, and I know my thoughts can be his thoughts, but I rely upon my thoughts often and how they're organized and how they look and how they sound and what might be cute here or there. But I'm here this morning. We're here this morning. Share with you the power of the I am. And the power of the I am, Papa says, is this simple. It's the power of me, Papa, capital M-E, living in you. Colossians 119 says, For it is the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Speaking of Jesus. I'm going to come back to that. Colossians 119, for it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, in Jesus. So, again, she gives, uh, gives me the title, and I'm not even going to bed thinking about this, all right? Um, because I'm thinking, oh, great, she's taking the lead. I can just say a few words here and there. I'm good. But I go to bed, and I, and I wake up the next morning, and as I'm waking up, God gives me this dream. And it's really powerful. So in this dream, I am with people. Okay? Are we, are we, okay, we're doing this. All right. So I, I'm with, I don't know who it was. And, and I think that was purposeful. You know, I, I think the people I was with was, was with you. I think it was um, with everyone that I know. All those that I'm connected with. But I was kind of the lead person in in this dream, and in this dream it was kind of like this, uh, oh, like this action adventure type thing. And I got this group of people. I got a posse, and we're supposed to go out after these artifacts. I got uh, that they're like these boxes. They're these these vessels, right? And. It's, but it's a race. It's a race to find these things because the enemy is after these very same things to seek, kill, to, to kill, rob and destroy, right? And so we're making the plan to go after these things. And I don't even know what all we're doing, but we're making plans as to what highways we're going to take. We're going this way around the city. You're going to go that way. I'm going to zig while you zag. And I stop and I remember in that moment. Now, typically in my dreams, when I see my father, um, it represents God, right? You know, my, my heavenly father. Well, in this dream, in this dream, God was God. So I heard that, which was kind of unique and it was really cool. And, but it was just very matter of fact, as this group is meeting, I turn to God and I say, well, who's going to get the rings of power? And he's like, I'm sending Superman and I'm sending Superwoman to get those, the seven rings of power. I'm like, ooh, okay. And then off we go. And y'all go, what? So he, he's mixing storylines, right? Superman, Supergirl, the rings of power. We find that right in the Lord of the Rings. And, and there's nine rings, in fact. Uh, and there's these ring rings, or these, the Nazgul. Ooh, the Nazgul. And, uh, but they're after the rings of power. Well, in this dream, these seven rings of power, I, I'm waking up and I'm going, all right, you're crossing over storylines here, but that's okay. What are you trying to speak to me? He said, I'm speaking to you about the seven spirits of God. <laughs> it makes me weepy, not so much because, I, not at all because I'm sad, but it, but it was it was just revelation coming over me as I wake up. Okay, the seven spirits of God. I haven't studied out the seven spirits of God. I know the seven spirits of God exist in the Book of Revelation, 
They're spoken of uh, several times, and they're alluded to throughout Scripture. The book of Isaiah, you see allusions to it in, in the book of Exodus as they're building the tabernacle and the menorah, which I'm going to talk more about in a few weeks. But the seven spirits of God. And I'm like, all right, what's that all about? Before I even and went and studied anything, he said, it's about the seven days of creation. makes me weep just because again it's just just so powerful it says every day that I spoke everything that I spoke on every given day my breath my pneuma came forth the word pneuma literally means spirit my spirit the spirit of God came out in the beginning it says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters right and so his spirit is hovering and God speaks and his spirit goes forth and boom there's what's created the first day Right? I got seven pages, but we're not reading them all. Reading them all. Oh my gosh, where is it? There it is. I'm going to pull this off. Oh, no, I need these. Genesis 1, 1, 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The pneuma came forth. This is one aspect of the Spirit of God. It's, it's just one, one facet of this amazing person of the Holy Spirit, right? God breathed him out. And then day two, Genesis 1, 6, God says, let there be an expanse in the middle of the waters and, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And, and this thing the Spirit did, he just went, no problem, Bob, I got this. God spoke it out. Day three, he says, and let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. Is there anywhere else we see that in scripture where the the waters are gathered into one place? We see it a few times, don't we? I spoke of it a few weeks ago when Elisha and Elisha are crossing the Jordan, right? And the waters are gathered into one place so they could cross over on dry ground. The Israelites, when they're entering the promised land, right? The waters are gathered together so they can cross over. It's the same spirit. The same spirit created on that day. And and what he was doing in creation, now alive and and at work in people. Come on, this is this is this is exciting. This is this is wow. This is the Holy Spirit. This is the person of the Godhood so often who, who goes under the radar with so many people, right? But he is the power of the I am. It's the breath of God going forth. That is the spirit, the same spirit which falls on us. The same spirit which fell on the day of Pentecost. We think of it in terms of cute little, cute, cute little uh, flames, a fire on the head, right? And we go, oh, that's really neat. That's cute. We think of it in, in terms of people speaking in tongues and drawing a crowd. But, you know, I was, I was listening again to that sermon by Bill Johnson, and he's talking about this and the day of Pentecost. And he's like, you know, think about this. People are gathered from all over, all over, from nations, and they're, and they're speaking in their own language. So why would a group of people just speaking in an unknown tongue draw a crowd? It's like, no, there was something more. It says there was a sound. And, and so often you think that, that there was, well, yeah, people speaking in different languages. No, they hear that all the time. They were gathered together. That, that was all around them. That wasn't the noise. It was the noise of kingdom. It was the noise of heaven. It was the Holy Spirit saying, y'all better pay attention. This is the power that he was speaking of. And you know these days, right? You can read the stories of uh, of the account of creation. 
Again, back to Colossians 1.19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Those words for fullness, it literally means the fullness of deity. It was the Father's good pleasure for the fullness of deity to dwell in him, to dwell in Jesus. And we go, well, duh, he was God. He is God. It was the Father's good pleasure for the fullness of deity to dwell in him who had laid aside his Godhead, who was made a little lower than the angels according to Scripture, you ever think about that? That's the dichotomy that we, that we so often, we come to this mystery, right? And we go, well, how did he do that? He was fully God and yet fully man. He was made a little lower than the angels. He was made so that he could understand temptation from our perspective. It says he was tempted in every way that we are and yet was without sin. How did he do that? And yet it says he was fully God. And so we think there's this some... Wow, you know, I want to explain this. If I may be so bold to say that. Okay? We marvel at how Scripture tells us this. He was fully man and yet fully God. But listen, his identity, his identity was being the true son of the Most High God, a part of the Godhead. That he did not set aside. It was still his identity. He called himself. He read in scripture and said, I am. And they got all ticked off and picked up stones, right? He identified. He was. It's not the kind of identity that we talk about these days. Well, I identify as a chair. I identify as a tree. It's not that kind of identity. This was true identity, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's right. Show me the Father. You've seen him. How can you say that? You've seen him. Exactly. Right? And so this was his identity. He became fully human, as Scripture explains, so that he could relate to us in all ways, knowing temptation, knowing human frailty. But Paul tells us right here that the fullness of deity dwelt in him. How is that possible? Because he came out of the desert full of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of deity dwelled in him. Come on, I see the connections coming in here. Well, wait a second. I received the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You have the fullness of deity in you. It's not your identity. God is not your identity. Right? We are created beings, but yet the fullness of deity dwells in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Come on, that's good. And so in this dream, I'm out collecting these vessels and I come back to the dream. And even this morning, I'm I'm just kind of pondering things. And he's like, you're out collecting the vessels. And yet you're also Superman. He's called me Superman. It's not just my unique identity. He calls you Superman. He calls you Superwoman. And so on and so forth. And you at home as well. Because when we have the power of the Holy Spirit, when we're living in the identity, living from that place where he created us, right? And we have the fullness, great power, the power of the great I am dwelling in us, the fullness of deity dwelling in us, we are supermen and we're superwomen. And so I'm going out and I'm, I'm collecting vessels. Guess what those vessels are? It's each of you. It's each of you. It, it, it's everyone that we get to touch. We are vessels. Scripture talks about us, these vessels, these, these earthen vessels made of clay, so frail, and yet filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the fullness of deity. We were going out. It was a treasure hunt for vessels. God. God, that my heart would burn to go collect vessels. Like it was in this dream. It was an adventure. It was excitement. It was, man, did you did you fill up the car? Because we're going to put the pedal to the metal and we're going after it. We're called to go out as vessels. 
Oh my gosh, one of the last things Jesus says is to go out into all the earth, right? And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But that's not the last thing he said. It's like, listen, this is what you get to do. But then just as in my dream, where it's talking about the rings of power or the spirit, the seven spirits, right? Jesus says, but wait, but wait in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on. We're called to go collect vessels, yes. We're called to do it under the power of the great I am. We're called to do it with the power of the great I am dwelling in us. For it was the Father's good pleasure for the fullness of deity to dwell in you. As you go, you wait till you fill. When you're filled, you go. Because that's how it's accomplished. I have one other thing. I could go on, but I, and on and on and on. But I'm, I'm just going to do this so that I don't, okay? Um, listen, Romans chapter 8, right, talks about all of creation waits in subjection, in bondage, for the revelation of the sons and daughters of men to be revealed, the sons of God to be revealed. Speaking about Superman, he's speaking about Superwoman. He's speaking about the revelation, the hope of glory, of man stepping into the fullness of his identity. Each of us into our unique callings, what we're called to do and to be with the fullness of deity. And all creation waits for this. Why? Because when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, when they chose to sin, they not only subjected themselves to bondage, but all of creation. So every single thing that God created through the pneuma, right? Every single day was subjected to bondage in some way, shape, or form. And now all of creation waits for the revelation of the sons of men. Come on, the seven spirits, the power of God. And we see it in work in, in what Jesus is doing. Come on. You know, yes, he created the heavens and the earth. Well, what does Jesus do when he stands up in the boat, when things get a little rocky and everyone's going, oh no, we're going to die. He stands up and he says, peace. And the waves stand still and the wind calms down. It's the pneuma. It's creation that goes, yes, I'm waiting for this. That's the power of the I am that dwells in us. Amen. That's a Selah (coughs) moment. (laughs) I take a second to pause and think about that. Whoa. So the I am is all things. He is everything we need him to be. All of the I am is manifested in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as Pastor Fred was just saying, each one of them displays a different facet of who he is. But it's a revelation of his heart towards us. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. He said what the Father said. And he was Papa God in the flesh as no one else could be. Jesus came in the spirit of revolution, not reformation. That's why he couldn't come as a religious leader. He came as a humble man, as a tradesman to bring back the lost, to heal the broken and redeem all of mankind. Colossians 1, 26 through 29 said there is a divine mystery, a secret surprise 
that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. And as Paul says, it's become my inspiration, my passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. The power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit manifested in Jesus. When we recognize that, when we accept that into our lives, everything changes. It does. Things that are out of order become in order. Things that are chaotic are no longer that way. He brings clarity to to times of confusion. He brings healing to times of sickness and hurt. It's the power of Jesus. So when we accept Jesus, when we are redeemed, when we say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life, everything changes. He is the God of miracles and he's still doing it today. Oftentimes we don't recognize it because sometimes it's just a little thing. I mean, I remember one of the first times, you know, I prayed for healing I was pregnant with Hannah, actually, and I got this wart on my thumb. And God cares about the little things. And I never had ever had a wart on my thumb. And I was like, God, I don't even know what this is about. And I heard a preaching on healing. And, you know, coming from the Catholic Church, I I wasn't exposed to a lot of stuff on healing, okay? And some of the testimonies that I've heard from preachers about healing, you know, first as a new Christian, I was like, you are out of your mind. You know, like one of the first testimonies I heard uh, from uh, James Maloney, he's singing with the angels now, praise God. But um, he he was a, a healing evangelist and he was telling this testimony of how he was in some type of third world country. And he's at the top of the platform, and um, if I remember correctly, some uh, a mother has brought her child that has no limbs to him. And he describes this testimony as he prays for this child and the limbs grow out. And I'm like, you're full of hooey. I was saying other words in my head, but. (laughs) So he is the God of miracles because I can believe that he has done that. So he healed my little ward and, you know, I had it the one time. It was actually for several months, but I would pray over it every day and I'd be like, God, take this from me. I don't like it. And it's gone. It went away. And he cares about that little stuff. How many of you ever had an ingrown toenail? Yeah. And those hurt. He takes care of that. He takes care of every need that we have. And so often we just miss it. You know, I think one of the reasons why people are grab uh, attracted to the the chosen series is because it's putting in front of you a picture of the miracles that Jesus performed we've had that picture in his word and that's great and that's all 
in all rights and intents and purposes, that should be all that we need. But there's something about being able to see it. There's something about a visual that's set in front of you that ingrains it in your memory. Now, I know the people of the chosen are just actors and actresses, and they are anointed. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. I know they have a mission from God and what they're doing because they are impacting the world with this. People are coming back to Jesus. Prodigals are coming home. People who haven't been exposed to Jesus ever are being introduced to him. But it's just a display of what Jesus could have been like. But the real testimony and the real message is you. Because as we are carriers of the Holy Spirit, we are carriers of Jesus Christ. And as we step into different places, we have our spheres of influence. As Laura goes to the nursing home, as Catherine hangs out in the Wood County building, as Linda hangs out in her bus and she's driving young people around. And Apostle Tim, wherever he goes. And Jerry to his grandchildren. (laughs) We all have a sphere of influence. Where Jesus in us, when we walk in the room, he walks in the room. He can't be denied. And he anoints and he equips each one of us with what's needed for that moment in time. And so as God was speaking to me this morning, he wanted me to encourage you that you all are doing well, that he is very proud of you and that he loves each one of you. And there are ordained times and encounters that he has in store for each one of you. Each one of us is going to meet, each one of you is going to meet someone. It's going to be an ordained time, an encounter, where you are going to be bringing his presence, Holy Spirit, into the room, into the situation. You will have the answers to problems which no one can solve. You will speak truth. You will speak words of life and love to those who are struggling with lies, to those who have been known to be the captives. We are anointed, you are anointed to set the captives free and to do everything that Jesus did. I mean, Jesus even said, look, You're going to do greater works than I am. We need to pursue Jesus and everything that he has and everything that he is. Because we as his kids, as children of the father and co-heirs with Jesus, we have everything at our disposal. Are we pursuing it? We have access to everything in heaven. We do. And so I'm going to just, before we have communion, I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to share testimony. Because testimony is the actual revelation uh, that God will do it again. The word testimony means God will do it again. Does he do things the same way each and every time for each and every person? No, he doesn't. 
Sometimes he does. I think he switches it up because he wants us to pay attention. I mean, if you look at all the miracles, at least the ones that are written down in the word of God, Jesus, you know, he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. He was making mud pies and pasting spit on people's eyes, you know. I'm sure he did some other stuff. I'm sure he was helping Peter, you know, gather that big load of fish that came from where came from the depths. He paid off Peter's debt that day. And he pays off your debt. He's redeemed each one of you and everything that he purchased at the cross. Oh, Jesus. The fullness of buying you back. The redemption. So I'm going to share testimony from this week. And it was, it's so sweet. And I haven't had the pleasure of doing this often with many people, but I know God is going to be putting me in a position for this to happen more. I had the great honor to lead somebody to the Lord this week. And being able to be a part of that is overwhelming. And I can totally understand why the angels in heaven rejoice. Because that was a heavenly ordained moment. So thank you, God. Thank you, God. Where's some of the testimonies? Anybody else? Need to come, come up, or we can come to you. Okay. No one wants to be on camera. They want you to see us as we hear I their avoid, voice. I avoid cameras at all costs. But um, I actually have uh, three things that I want to mention if I remember right. But um, the first thing is um, I've been, you know, praying for. Um, my mind went blank. Anyways, I was selling my house and praying for financial freedom, and um, I was really a little anxious about selling my house because I was worried that I would not get enough to like pay it off and pay off the, the work that I'd had done to the house. And um, um, we listed it for higher than we thought the appraisal would come in as. And then I was praying and praying for, um, to just, to get enough to cover all the bills, you know? And it was like two days, listed two days, or on the third day, um, I got an offer for more than what I had it listed for. And it was like, I was, I was in the middle of praying and then I got a text and I'm like, okay, I looked and I was like, I I was like overwhelmed because it was, it was like, I hear you, you know, and um, so anyways, that's, that is a blessing, um, and then um, the the movie, well, I missed last Sunday, I was sick, and um, we met, I talked to Pastor Michelle on Tuesday, and she was telling me about what she had preached about, and about the letters, and the spelling of, of I am, and um, mentioned that she was doing the version um, Bible study. And I was like, I was doing a Bible study, and I hadn't, um, I'm sorry, I'm a very bad speaker. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I was doing a Bible study, and I'd lost track of it, so I opened it back up, and it happened to be the same one um, that Pastor Michelle was had mentioned. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So I did the, I went back and did the next day, and it was, the one 
that you had mentioned today. And um, I was like, wow, that's, that's really, that's really something. That's a coincidence, you know? And then Friday at the movie, it was there again. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, that, that's more than a coincidence, you know? So that, that was really awesome, you know? And um, um, the third thing is, well, it's cold outside. It's been cold outside for a while now. And this morning, um, I noticed it yesterday. There is a yellow flower blooming on a potted plant that is dead. And I was like, that is so awesome. So I took a picture of the flower if anybody wants to see it. But that, that's it. Y'all know I'm an animal lover. And this was somewhere around the time that Laura fell on the log up the mountain. I have a rescue cat that we're guessing he's about 14 years old. He was hit by a snowplow during a blizzard in front of my house, so he became my cat. I had seen him around for years, but he became my cat that day. Well, around the time, as you and I had this discussion on the phone, he became very ill. I mean, he couldn't, I'm not a doctor person, so it takes something really, really serious that I can't handle in order to call a doctor. And he, he had junk coming out of his eyes and his mouth was open, he couldn't breathe. And I had spent thousands of dollars, it's one of the reasons I have an attitude, at different veterinarians. And uh, so I called the vet that had neutered him and told him how serious it was. Well, her response was, we haven't seen you in a long time. And this was during COVID. It was on a Saturday. So they had limited appointments that they were going to take. And she said, sorry, Linda. We haven't seen you in a long time, and uh, we're not going to give you the appointment. And I hung up the phone. I said, Lord, what do I do now? And he said, what did you do to do when the kids were little and they couldn't breathe? So I put on a pot of boiling water and I put clove oil in it. But then he said, speak to the virus. Now that sounds interesting. But I had just lost a cat the same year that I had rescued, who when I rescued it, I didn't know she had feline leukemia. And I prayed for her every day because they gave her a death sentence. And I spoke to that virus every day and she died. So when he told me, speak to the virus, I was like, that was asking a lot. I had just lost one. But I did. Under his orders, I spoke to that virus and said, on earth as it is in heaven, virus be gone. And within 45 minutes, 45 minutes, all the crud that was coming out of his face was gone. He was resting. And he went to sleep because he couldn't sleep because he couldn't breathe. Yeah. And when he woke up from his sleep, he was well. Mm. Praise you, Lord. (laughs) Praise God. God, so close to the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, you little thing, right? If he's going to do that for a cat, whom he created. <laughs> he knew I loved that right? cat. He knew I was walking a line because I had just 
put my faith in another area and had lost. Yeah. Yes. How much more does he love to do that for those created in his image? You know, his faithfulness is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we could speak of that. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Physical healings. Fair testimonies. You got a quick one? Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. It's here. My quick one's um, being healed, um, falling on the mountain, and then at camp, and then um, a few days after I fell and hurt my hip, um, in the middle of um, the word, the one night, a couple nights later, I was healed. And I haven't had any hip pain or pelvis pain since. Sweet. Hallelujah. Who doesn't that get you excited? It excites me. (laughs) So, the power of the I am. No better way to express it, to have it be revealed is then partaking in the remembrance meal of Jesus and the body and the blood. You know, one other interesting thing about the seven spirits of God is that I don't find it a coincidence that we talk about the seven mountains of culture, right? Which we're, which we're called to go out and to, and to fill, right? And to minister to. And Jesus set the example being filled with the Holy Spirit. He went out and he literally hit the, the seven mountains being the, the, the mountains of, of a family, of government, Education, the economy, church or religion, arts, entertainment, and the media. We're called to infiltrate and we have answers. We have answers. Not because, well, we're Christians and we have answers. We're called, we have answers because of the same reason Jesus had answers. He said, I have answers because I only speak the things I hear my father speaking. Because I have the fullness of deity dwelling in me. And I only do the things I see my father doing because that same Holy Spirit tells me what I need to do and where I need to do it. And so we have answers living in us. And the mountains of culture need us. They need the miraculous. They need us to walk and pop. They need us to go out, get the vessels, be the vessels, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then go forth. This is the power of the, the I am. And, and Jesus, as one of us, allowed his body to be broken so that we could become those vessels. It's his body broken for us. It's his blood shed for us. The blood of the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. So that we could walk in this amazing power. Right? Because it was the Spirit of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And then he took his rightful place, clothed in power, seated at the right hand of the Father. The fullness of Christ dwells in us. It's an amazing mystery. But one in which we get to partake. And we get to partake in this. We remember Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. The way that he made so that we could walk in the fullness of power. So that we could walk day by day. Everything that we need and all of creation can be impacted. And released from bondage. So I invite you to come and to partake of this meal of Jesus. <clears throat> I invite you to come um, as families and receive the, the body and the blood of Jesus to, to receive the fullness 
If you have not received the fullness of the Spirit, the fullness of deity, then let's, let us pray for you. Let us pray that for the infilling of that Holy Spirit. He comes in us when we become born again. And then, you know, what did John say? I baptize you with water, but one who is coming after me who will baptize in the Holy Spirit in fire. And so there is the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is for every believer as well. It's what the, the disciples, what the apostles received on the day of Pentecost. And it's for every one of them. So if you're not sure you, you have that, don't leave without receiving it. It's safe. So come and receive. The altars are open if anyone needs prayer. But I'm going to re- bless and release you right now so that when you're done... You don't need prayer. You can go and enjoy your day, and you can go infiltrate those seven mountains. So, Father, I just ask that that you would just let your face, your countenance, to shine upon us. Lord, bless us. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and make His face to shine upon you and give you peace, the shalom peace, of Father God, the shalom peace spoken. On the seventh day, one of the spirits of God, shalom, the fullness of peace, that which brings restoration, body, soul, and spirit. May that peace rest upon you and upon your family and in your dwelling. In Jesus' name. Amen. We just, we're going to sign off for you at home as well. God bless you. Come and receive.